I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 525 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got an awesome guest for you guys today. TJ Dillashaw is a two-time UFC Bantamweight champion. TJ was a standout wrestler in high school and college. He made his UFC debut back in 2011. He made history in 2014 at UFC 173 when he moved up on the card to fight for the Bantamweight World Championship, uh, which he won in a dominating fashion. Even had Joe Rogan calling it the greatest performance he had ever seen in his life. He held on to the title until 2016, and then he regained it in 2018 at UFC 227. He is currently the number two ranked Bantamweight fighter in the world who will be looking to regain that title for a third time in his next fight. He currently holds the record for the most knockout wins in UFC Bantamweight history. It's an honor to have him on the podcast today. TJ Dillashaw will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with TJ Dillashaw was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation between the UFC Bantamweight fighter and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoy my interview with DJ today, you have got to go back and check out all the interviews I've done with so many UFC dads. I've been blessed to have so many great dads that are in the UFC right here on the podcast. Most recently, Dan the Hangman Hooker joined me on the podcast. I've also had Dustin Poirier, Tito Ortiz, who was fighting a boxing match this weekend against Anderson Silver. Uh, Tito Ortiz joined me twice here on the podcast. Uh, Dana White, the UFC president, has been here. Just go through the archives of the podcast. You'll see many UFC MMA dads that have joined me here. Here, uh, on First Class Fatherhood. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. I got some really great ones coming your way soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, hit me with that rating and review on iTunes. That always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with TJ Dillashaw. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from my pillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the my pillow products, from the robe to the towels. But my absolute favorite, hands down product, is the my pillow mattress topper on our king size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. Joining me now, First Class Father, TJ Dillashaw. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, oh, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Let's start here. How many kids do you have? How old? 
I got one kid, and it's Bronson Jack Dillashaw. He's three and a half years old. Wow, very cool. Did, did you guys uh, know what you were having when you had him, or did you do any gender reveal to find out, or did you just wait till the end? No, uh, we knew what we were having. We we couldn't we couldn't wait. We were looking forward to having a son or a kid so bad that we wanted to we wanted to know in advance. <laughs> very cool. You guys having any more? You're one and done. Oh, uh, we're trying now. All right, very. That's the fun part. Yeah. Uh, exactly. If you could, TJ, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is TJ Dillashaw. I'm a professional UFC fighter, two-time UFC bantamweight champion. Um, wrestled my whole life, but got into fighting and dropped out of grad school, become a physician's assistant to chase my dreams. And uh, I'm glad I did because it all paid off. Yeah, very cool, TJ. And so three, three, three and a half years ago now, so, so far, how has the experience of becoming a father kind of changed your perspective on life? Uh, it's made me a lot softer. I feel like, you know, it's made me, um, I mean, I've always been, you know, I'm in the gym all day long. I'm trained to be the baddest man on the planet, but then you got a, a sweet little son when you get home. So it's, uh, I feel like something that's made me a little softer, I guess I'd say, you know, um, at the first year of his life, I was in title fight after title fight. And I feel like he was very dependent on mother. And I didn't play as big a role, but you know, after that first year, he, uh, you know, really needed, I guess you'd say, almost like a, a buddy dad, you know, like someone to play with and and be that fun guy when I come in and walk through that door from practice and, you know, just know when he starts like running at me and smiling, it just, uh, you know, nothing, there's nothing better. Yeah, and I would imagine, TJ, I mean, uh, it, like the difference or the dichotomy of, of being, trying to be the baddest man on the planet and then coming home of being the father to a young uh, young child, I, I would imagine that's got to be a difficult balance. Has, has becoming a dad changed you at all as a fighter or has it made you rethink about maybe how long you'll stay in the fight game? No, not really. You know, I'm, I'm more motivated to be of not so much actual fighting, but just being the best and I'm really good at it. So I'm... Um, that's my, my love for fighting is because I'm just really good at it. You know, and I know that I could be the best in the world at it. Um, but I've always known that, you know, I mean, I'm 35 years old now, so I won't be fighting forever. Um, I guess you could say that it has made me enjoy time away from fighting more. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I am more a little eager to have more time to be able to, you know, make memories for him. Things like when I grew up, things I got to do and vacations I went on and, you know, things that I'll never forget. I want to be able to create those memories with him. And by me being too busy, it's a little harder to do that, you know? Yeah, very cool. What would you consider, TJ, to be the top values that you hope to instill in your son growing up? I definitely want him to have a work ethic. You know, that's definitely my number one thing my dad instilled in me was uh, how hard we should work. Um, no matter what, no matter how good you are, no matter what the, the goal is, is, uh, just grinding to your fullest, you know. I just know there's no one in this sport that's going to work harder than me. No one's going to be in better condition than me. No one's going to be more prepared for me when I when I walk in that cage. And that's because something my dad instilled in me at a very young age. You know, we were we were well off. He was very successful in business, but I had to work for anything I wanted. You know, if I want, like I had to buy my own first vehicle. I had to, you know, raise pigs and steers growing up. I mean, we worked really, really hard. Um, to get what we wanted as well as I got got me into wrestling at a young age, which any wrestlers out there know the dedication that comes with that sport. In my mind, it's the hardest sport in the world. And uh, if, you're, if you're able to get through wrestling, then I, I really believe you can get through anything in life. So I don't know. I'll try to introduce him into every sport, whatever he likes to do. Let him let him do that. But no matter what he wants to do, just make sure he works hard for it. <laughs> Yeah, very well said. And how about as far as your son's reaction so far when you come home? Obviously, 
uh, you look a little bruised up. You come home from the fight or home from training. And what's his reaction like? Is he aware, well aware of what you do? What kind of responses you have when he sees you come home all banged up? Yeah, he's definitely aware of what I do. Uh, he's gone to some practices, you know, even during fight camp when I come home. And I got unfortunately got cut a couple of times in fight camp, so I had stitches in my eyebrow. And he just knows that those are my alleys, you know. I, well, I've been walking around on crutches for the last four weeks because I had knee surgery. So he knows I have an owie in my knee and things like that. Um, he watched uh, – so my first fight he watched on TV. And I you know it was the most gruesome fight I've had. And I was like bleeding everywhere because I had a big cut in my eyebrow. And so when I got home, he expected to see red all over my eye. And it wasn't there, but I had stitches, right? So he's seen those before, but he expected to see like blood on my face. And it wasn't there, so he kind of questioned that. But um, he's understands it and um, he's into it, but it was, he's still a kid. You know, he's still like even during the fight, he's off playing with his toys. He's not like so focused on the fight. It's not like – He's not old enough yet to really have that attention span for it all, you know, but he understands it. Yeah, and, and obviously, uh, you know, the UFC ha- has become one of one of the best sports in the country here, one of the biggest sports. And uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu has taken off for kids, and MMA has become such a big part of the culture now. Uh, what kind of advice do you have for the parents out there, or what's a good age you would recommend for parents to get their kids involved in Brazilian jiu-jitsu or training and uh, that type of sport? Yeah, it's about finding the right spot. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be doing much uh, striking training. I mean, you could do, like, learning how to strike and things like that, but I wouldn't put my kid in any kind of sparring or anything like that at a young age, you know. Um, I remember me growing up playing football at a young age, and I don't think I'd even let him do that because I've learned so much about head trauma and things like that, right? But Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling and any forms of striking that, you know, aren't as sparring, he- spar- doing sparring heavy are great things to get involved in. I mean, I started wrestling when I was eight years old. My little brother started wrestling when he was five, and it helped develop us to become the men that we are. We're both very hardworking men. Um, I've taken my son to jiu-jitsu, and he's three, um, and they have kids that age. And, uh, you know, it's about finding the right spot that knows how – like the right gym that knows how to make it fun for kids, right? When you're three years old getting into jiu-jitsu, it should be more about – playing games when you're there and uh you learn a little bit of jujitsu and things like that but you know bowing on the mat running around and some of the martial arts uh respect things and like that like that but um i'd say when they start really picking it up you know i mean i was happy with getting involved in eight you know um you got to be afraid of not getting too serious about it and getting burnt out as well too as they get older so there's always a fine line with every kid it depends from kid to kid on how soon as you get them involved in it if they show interest to it, that's the most important thing, then get him involved. You know, um, What I plan on doing is just having my son around practice. He sees what I do. I'm having fun. I'm doing it. Maybe he wants to jump in. If he doesn't, then you know, I mean, he can do anything he wants to do. He can be a, whatever he wants to get involved in, I'm going to support it. So um, just kind of give them the opportunity to be introduced to any opportunity, music, baseball, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, whatever it may be, you know. Yeah, great stuff, TJ. And what about? I know he's young yet here, but what about as far as discipline goes? Are you a timeout guy, a spanker? How does discipline kind of work with you? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Yeah, my son's never been spanked, um, which is definitely different than I grew up. You know, it's just a different time. You know, Um, we've had some timeouts, you know. Um, With me, I got to work on myself, just like making sure that I stay calm, right? Like, not fighting fire with fire because that'll never work 
you know, I mean, they don't know how to control their emotions. So um, learning to just, uh, even if he's throwing a tantrum, just calmly talk to him, even though you're giving him a timeout. We've, we've had a few timeouts. So let's say we're more on the timeout side of things rather than uh, in, in no physical spanking, you know. What about as uh, as far as your bedtime routine? Well, are you a, uh, a book reader, a storyteller, a lullaby guy there? How does bedtime kind of work in your house? Yeah, I mean, mom's mainly the bedtime uh, lady, but um, I definitely have my, my times where I'm doing bedtime. And uh, we do a little bit of everything. We do some story time. Sometimes he's more into me just making up stories for him to fall asleep to. Um, we're, we definitely cuddle, that's for sure. He wants me to lay in his bed with him and have him go to sleep, so we end up having to give him a, big, a bigger bed so that we can lay in there with him, you know. Um, and I'd say bedtime for us is he'll go to bed in his bed. He sleeps maybe half the night. I mean, maybe a handful of times he slept all the way through the night, but he's coming into mom and dad's bed around like one or two o'clock, you know, every night. We hear his feet slapping across the floor, running from his bedroom to ours on a hardwood floor. So one day I know I'll miss that noise. But, you know, now you're just like, oh, God, he's coming in our bedroom, you know. But I just know that uh, we almost need to, like, record that sound of his feet just, like, slapping across the floor, running into our bedroom. Yeah, I, I know for me, one of those things, like, I worked a lot of uh, midnight shifts and stuff. I work on the railroad as a mechanic and stuff. And sometimes I'd be sitting there after I come home from work while everyone's sleeping, and I don't hear those footsteps, and I'll turn, and they'll just be standing there still. Like, you know, <laughs> it'll freak me out sometimes, like, you know. Uh, so some, sometimes it's good to hear them coming. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. But, I mean, he's a little bit of everything with, with with bedtime, you know, stories, songs. We used to sing to him a lot when he was a, when he was a kid. I think he's going to be a little singer. He loves to sing. Um, and then, you know, we, I mean, he's got an insane amount of books. We actually got a library card, and we go pick out new books all the time. So he's, he's into that a lot. Yeah, really cool. What, what about for you, TJ, here as far as – I know you're still recovering from the uh, from the surgery – uh, what's the next fight looking like for you? Do you have an opponent yet? Do you have any kind of idea on the next fight or, or, or uh, anything else that's coming next? I have an idea. I don't have a specific opponent yet because uh, I'll be fighting for the title, um, I'd say, first quarter next year. You know, it could be March, I'd say, at the earliest. Um, but the guys that are fighting for the belt right now in my weight class are Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan, and they're fighting October 30th. So they fight the 30th. That means they probably take all of November off. Maybe start training a little bit December, get into fight camp January, February, fight March for the world title. So whoever wins that fight is who I'll be fighting at the beginning of next year. Okay, very cool. Uh, what about as far as – have you have any thoughts about as far as after your fighting career? Are you looking to get into broadcasting? Do you have any kind of goals or plans for the future after your fight career is over? Oh, I definitely have uh, tons of plans, and, and I have things already set that I'm doing. Um me and my wife own a cold press, uh, a USD organic cold press juice store. Um, it's a part of a franchise called Clean Juice. Um, not only do we own our own store out here in Yorba Linda, that we're also the area developers for Southern California. So we plan on opening 63 stores from San Diego, North LA, out to Palm Springs. So that's got my hands full there. Um, you know, I'm also got a, a couple roles with some other companies. You know, um, uh, head of marketing role and a a VP of business development for another bit company. So um, I have some jobs on the side that are keeping me busy as well as my own businesses. Um, so I have plenty to do when I'm done. I'm personally, I actually don't have to fight for money. I'm actually fighting because I want to. Awesome. Awesome yeah. stuff. All right, TJ, last thing I want to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Um, 
I mean, everyone always tells you the same stuff, but it's so crazy how true it is, right? It's always like so generic, but so true. I mean, I definitely get your sleep if you're soon to be father, but especially that mother, you know, their 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 schedules are insane, you know. To, to I, mean, I remember my son having to eat every two hours, you know. By the time we by the time we feed him, I had to help my wife feed him and and change his diaper every two hours and then put him down. You probably have 45 minutes until she has to wake up again, right? So, uh, definitely soaking up as much sleep as you can if you're soon to be father. Um, if you are a father, I mean, newer father, I mean, um, I'd say the first year, at least in my opinion, the, the, your son's or son or daughter is going to be all about the mom. You know, I mean, she's the lifeline. She she feeds him, you know, like I was saying, feeding him every two hours. I mean, that was our so she we breastfed, so he lived off a of mom. You know, but I'd say after that first year, maybe even a little bit sooner, um, you know, he starts getting his personality in there and. Uh, that's when you really become a lot more important, right? You're a lot more, um, a bigger role in their life. And, uh, I think during those developmental years, you need to really just be there, you know, and be present. Uh, don't be on your phone. Don't be zoning out on TV and kind of really be present in your, in your son's life, you know, or your daughter's life, because those are some real important years in the first few years of their life. So I've no, I've noticed that. Um, and yeah, we've had, We've had a great time watching him develop in the little human that he is, you know? Yeah, very cool. I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, TJ Dillashaw, you're First Class Father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. Of course, my pleasure. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to TJ Dillashaw for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. Always love to read your feedback. Make sure you scroll through the archives of the podcast. Check out all the UFC dads who have joined me here, including uh, Henzo Gracie. And recently, his cousin MMA legend, Hicks and Gracie, joined me here. Uh, you'll see Dana White's interview on there, Tito Ortiz, who's joined me twice, and so many other MMA UFC dads that have been right here on First Class Fatherhood. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thanks for listening. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers. Tall as a